This is Filming the Supernatural. Hello and welcome back everybody to Filming the Supernatural. Today we've got a very special episode for you. Typically we focus on one, maybe two topics, but with today's very talented and highly experienced guest, we couldn't help but cover a wide range of paranormal shows, topics within the genre. It's a great interview, it's with Katrina Weidman, and we talk heavily about her current shows, Portals to Hell on Discovery Plus, as well as her YouTube series, Travel the Dead. But like I mentioned before, it's impossible not to touch on her previous work, like Paranormal State and Paranormal Lockdown. Hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. Here's Katrina. Um, I think if people know who I am, they probably have seen one of my shows. Um, I did three that are really or were really popular when they were on um, Paranormal State, which was about the club I was involved in at Penn State University. Um, and that ran for like five or six seasons. Then I went on to Paranormal Lockdown, which that ran for four seasons. And currently I'm on Portals to Hell, which is on Discovery+. Plus. And that is me and Jack Osborne. And we go around to uh, the places that everyone says are the most sinister, just to see if we can document or experience anything. And I got involved in the field because I grew up in haunted houses. I had experiences that I couldn't explain. And um, it left me with this, you know, this hunger to try to figure out what it was. I was, you know, very much seeking out answers to this. And so when I got to college, they had a club and I signed up for that. And that snowballed both sides of my career as far as working in the field, um, behind the scenes, you know, away from the cameras and working in television. Now, in college, you were a theater major, right? Yeah, I was a double major. My first major was, it's called integrative arts. Um, but what it is, is you make up your own major with the help of an advisor. So I was a musician, and I knew I didn't want to be a music major like straight, you know, music major. Um, I wanted to work more, I guess I wanted to study more production. And um, at the time, they didn't have a complete music production program. So I did integrative arts where I took like all the music classes and production classes and all that stuff like that. Um, and then my double major was in theater performance. So I was a musician and actor. That's how it that's how it was going to go. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Yeah. It, it's funny. I think that was one of the reasons the um, television, the production company put me forward as one of the final, like I put it in air quotes, one of the finalists for, you know, going on to the show um, because I didn't have any qualms about being on camera. I, I, I found it, it was just like very, very natural to me because I had been doing so much performance work um, where I think one of the things that... You, you know, making a television show in the genre is challenging for a lot of reasons. But one of the things that is really helpful is when you have people on camera who feel comfortable in those situations and being able to communicate, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? Um, so it translates through the screen. So I think that was one of the reasons why they probably pushed me forward, just because I I didn't get hung up on that, you know? Um so I, I, it's it's definitely helped being in that side of the business for sure. You know, rejection and <laughs> criticism and <laughs> all that stuff. Do you remember what drew you not only to the career but to the, the field as a whole? I don't know what drew me. I just it was a very uh, it was this instinct in me telling me like I needed to go into that. Um, and my my parents were in the arts. My mom especially, she's an artist and a 
actor and singer and everything. So I'm sure, you know, we grew up with a lot of that. We grew up seeing that and all that stuff. So I'm sure that impacted me. But when I was a kid, it was very much, I wanted to be a singer, uh, an actor. I wanted a shoe line. I wanted a makeup line. I wanted to be a baker, like with my own like cooking show. I wanted, I wanted to do all of that, but it was always in the entertainment field. And, um, when I got a little older, it shifted out of that for a few years. Um, but I don't really know like what drew me to it other than it was just this deep sense of knowing that's what I had to do. You know, the second part, sorry, what was the second part of your question? I actually don't remember. Uh, oh. I've been thinking about a, uh, <laughs> when you said cooking show, I've been thinking yeah. about a, how cool a paranormal cooking show would be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's just what I've been thinking about the last couple of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> would you ever consider doing something like that? Yeah, I have something kind of going already. Um, we had to stop for the pandemic and it's, it's on hold. It will still go through, but it, um, I go to restaurants that are purportedly haunted and we, we chat about it and everything and talk about food. But, you know, with the pandemic and, and the restaurants being hit as hard as they were, um, you know, it's, it's just not the best time to, to call around and be like, hey, want to do this press thing for free? Um, so, but it's, we're, we're in talks again about getting it going. So that's cool. Portals yeah. to a uh, house kitchen or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. Good... Well, I, I call it haunted kitchens. That's good too. That's yeah. Good too. yeah. <laughs> now you mentioned before looping back about how you were always comfortable on camera. You do a lot of interaction, especially on portals to hell with other people, other investigators, other, other clients who, who may not be as comfortable as you on camera. What kind of advice do you have for them? Or are there any things you do to help them feel more comfortable on set? We run into that a lot with witnesses because they're not, you know, they're not, but the majority of them, I would say like 98% of them aren't trying to be on camera. They're not trying to sell you anything. They're not, you know, they don't have a book. They don't have a television show. They they just want to, you know, see if they can get any answers to what they experienced. And so I often find if anybody's uncomfortable, it's when we're meeting with witnesses. And I, I think that's just really up to us as the hosts and our production. Currently, it's up to me and Jack to make sure they feel comfortable. So Jack and I are very laid back. We're very jokey with them. You know, um, we usually make a lot of awkward jokes to break the ice, but we're also awkward, jokingly people. So it's very natural to us. But it's I, I think it's kind of similar to like if you're having a party and you can tell somebody's uncomfortable, you know, you got to welcome them in, embrace them, make them feel like they're at home. Just sort of a side note here. Is that humor you mentioned a way for you to sort of cope with all the dark and negative history that some of these places you go to on Portals to Hell contain? Yeah, I think that's a great question because there's been locations and cases I've been on where I I think I've mentally blocked them because they're so heavy as far as the history goes and the trauma surrounding the people that were involved um, that you know, it's it's a weird thing when your job, when you're on your job and you're constantly reminded of how horrible humans can be to each other. You know, um, I would never want to be a journalist, never want to be a politician, like, you know what I mean? Um, but it's it's a reminder that we always have because we go to mental health facilities where we know people were not treated the way they should have been treated. Um I worked a case, the one I, I completely blocked out until somebody at a conference had reminded me about it. 
um, was the murder-suicide that we had investigated the house. And um, it was a really brutal one. Um, And they were, you know, only a generation older than me. And I think it's one thing when you when you go into these places and they're like, 200 years ago, John Smith, you know, died by falling down the stairs or whatever. It's it, like you can almost like detach yourself from that. But when you see pictures of people who are dressing the way you used to dress and they look so modern and they look like people you would be friends with, um, that one really that one really affected me. Um, and there's others, of course, but I think humor is probably one of the best ways we kind of combat that. Um, And again, it's really, you'll notice with paranormal investigators, we all tend to have a really dark sense of humor. I think it's just because we work in such a weird field. Um, And, you know, you do hear those awful stories time and time again. And I guess it's just kind of the best tool we have at this point. And my favorite genre is like, uh, dark comedies. Oh yeah, me too. Those are my favorites. Like that's what I always go to for movies and television. What's uh What's your favorite dark comedy? I'm uh, I love Barry. Uh, I love that one, and I also really, really love Only Murders in the Building. That's on Hulu. Um, I've heard so much about that one, but I haven't so watched good. it yet. It's so so good. Um, it's just really really well done, well written, um, and I'm like taken aback with how amazing Steve Martin and Martin Short still are in their craft. You know, they're, they're incredible, incredible comedians. So it's just like, it's such a joy to watch it. It's awesome. I will have to watch that. Yes. You will get sucked in. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I remember reading uh, a typical portals to hell shoot is roughly three to four days at a location. Yeah. About four days. And unless it calls for longer, there's some that we've done where we've had to be there like six days, things like that. Depends. Is that all back to back to back? Well, you know, Portals to Hell is funny because we were filming that during the pandemic. So season one, I'm trying to think, season one, we had eight locations. And I think that one was a little more spaced out because we kind of had the luxury of doing that. You know, it was only eight. It was the first season. It was, you know, well planned out in advance. Um Season two started to go that way, but then we had to shut down because of COVID. And um, so once we got back in the field for COVID, it was like back to back to back to back. Like, just let's get this done because if somebody gets sick, we have to shut down. So like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and then season three pretty much followed the same pattern of like, let's just get out as much as we can because we don't know what's going to happen. Um so I would say the last two seasons have been really rough schedule wise. Um, and, you know, a film schedule, you're doing 10, 12 hours and um, you you have a, a 30 minute lunch break and, you know, and then we'll be up really late at night. So like if it's just interview day, we'll start early and we get to go home like at a decent time or home. I mean, our hotels or RVs. Um, but if it's investigation, then, you know, that's well into the early hours of the morning. So I always find like our schedules are getting, um, they're not consistent. So like, it's like one day we have to be ready by 8am. Then the next day it's, we don't have to be ready till like one. Um, so it's hard that way, I think. 
What were some of the challenges of keeping a production going during the pandemic? Uh, I, I know you weren't physically at all investigations during those seasons. Uh, was that because of COVID? It was, yeah. Yeah, so um, I have some health issues that put me in a little bit of a higher risk category. So my doctor preferred me to stay out of certain areas um, during that time. So there were a few episodes and locations I couldn't go on. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of the challenges were just really the unknowns of, okay, if this person gets sick, do we all have to shut down or are we okay to continue? And if me or Jack gets sick, then what does that mean? You know, and then you're also dealing with things like flights and what do we do? And hotels, do we put people in hotels? And if the hotel gets an infection, but nobody comes up positive. What does that mean for us? And the other thing was, you know, restaurants, because we rely so much on local um, businesses to help our crew, you know, as we're staying there. And so many restaurants were shut down. So that also became a challenge. Um, So I think it just became this thing of, you know, like everybody else, we didn't have the answers. There's a lot of, a lot of unknowns. Now, something positive to come out of the pandemic was Travel the Dead. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that and moving from television to YouTube. Why you decided to release it on that platform as opposed to cable or streaming and uh, yeah, just how it all came to be. Yeah. So I, I knew I was going to build out my YouTube channel and I had a couple other things I was going to do, but the, the pandemic kind of put those on hold. And um, I just, I really love YouTube as a as a medium, as a platform, because I I think it's cool that you can do something visual and reach your fans that are in another country. And, you know, because a lot of times with television, um, a show will air and then another country won't get it for like a year later, six months later, whatever it is. Um, And during the pandemic, you know, my, my, some, me, my best friend do this. Her name's Heather Taddy. She was on paranormal state with me. And, um, we always do private cases. We always do events and private cases and all that stuff. So it's the only thing different about Travel the Dead is we're taking a camera with us, you know, and sharing it when before it was just very much private. Um, and it kind of started because I was still getting these emails from people being like, can you come out and investigate? And the what was interesting, because it was the pandemic, they were like, our books are completely open. You can just come, you can have it as long as you want, stay over, I don't care. And so then I was like, Heather, I'm like, do you want to go and do this? Like, all these places are open, they're all free. Like, you know, we can just stay as long as we want to, we can do whatever we want. And so it kind of became this journey that we went on of let's go to all these places and check them out. And we can kind of experiment with our methods and just see what happens. And overall, I just wanted to bring more of a sense of what it's like to be an investigator. You know, um, because I think one of the challenges you have with working in television is that once you establish a formula, you kind of have to stick to that formula. You know, people expect it. And um, I think there's a lot of things that get lost in between uh, because of that. So I I thought YouTube was a great way to kind of break that up a little bit. There's no um, parameters that we have to follow for Travel the Dead. So it was literally me, Heather, and then um, our friend Kat, who's a filmmaker. And then we had a PA who helped us um, as far as getting food, doing runs for us if we needed them. But that was it, you know. And obviously, when you work in television, it's a much bigger, much bigger production. And 
And I don't mean to say that we scaled down because we don't need those people. (laughs) You know, you definitely need every single job that's there. It becomes really, really hard when you work with only three people. But the flip side of that is the less amount of people you have, the the more you can rule out as far as if you experience something. Well, I can see both people right with my own eyes. I know it wasn't them accidentally bumping into something or accidentally whispering and forgetting to tag it. So there's pros and cons to both, you know. Um, and so I think with Travel the Dead, we were able to we were able to do that, and we were also able to just I think be a little goofier with it when we wanted to be. You know, so you see me and Heather kind of joking around a little bit. Um, And I think Portals actually does a good job of that. Like you'll see uh, Jack and I joke around and he's a big jokester. So um, he always has like a funny quip. Um, But I remember with Paranormal State, anytime we tried to joke around, you know, we got like reprimanded for it because they're like, this is scary. Like you're not supposed to be laughing. And we're like, yeah, but we're all also friends and we're in college and this is like really heavy stuff we're talking about and we want to joke around <laughs> to lighten the mood. Um, so I, I appreciate that about YouTube where it's like we we can kind of do whatever we want and we just do whatever feels right for that location that we're going to. You know, we're just very much ourselves. We don't we don't have to worry about that. Um, and as far as your other question, like, how do you determine what goes on streaming or cable? Um, so in production, that's very much, you know, if you're putting together a show, you're trying to put together a product for a network to buy. So you kind of have to have your ear to the ground about what's selling right now. Have you heard anything about what somebody might want, what kind of tone they might want, which networks are interested, and then you can kind of craft your uh, concept to fit that. And I know you weren't chief photographer or editor on uh, Travel the Dead, but were you involved in any of the production meetings, yeah. making any of the stylistic decisions? Yeah, absolutely. And it, um, I, I mean, we really leaned heavily on Kat because that's her, that's her talent and her skill, and she's great at it. Um, but it was definitely a thing of we knew how we wanted it to feel, and we knew, like, my goal was I, I really wanted people to feel like they were part of it. You know, um, that this is just us and this is what we do. And, you know, I want you guys to come along and see what it's really like. And I appreciate with Travel the Dead, we can kind of change it up each time. So it's like the first one, it's Heather doesn't know where she's going. And it's really just to see what happens when when we do that to somebody. Will they get the same reactions? I mean, she knew nothing, you know. And what's fascinating about it is how much her subjective experiences matched up with mine, matched up with countless other people that have been there. Um, and so with Travel the Dead, we did a lot of things like that, kind of shaking it up. We've been having a blast. And I think it's just because, and I don't want to put a blanket statement on it, but just, and I'm sure you understand it because you're a creative, but if you're creative, you have, like, you have to do things. You know, like you, you can't sit, you go start crazy if you, if you sit and you're not creating and you're not making something. And I think during the pandemic, it was like, we were all going out of our mind. (laughs) We're like, let's just grab a camera and we'll do this. And, you know, um, and we had so much fun doing it that we were like, let's do more. And, um, it just, it just happened really organically. And I also knew I always wanted to, Get that little peek, 
you know, behind what it's really like. Because again, I think, I think what's really cool about the shows is you get, you kind of get a glimpse of what we do. And I think that would happen regardless of what type of show you make if for YouTube or for streaming or whatever, because it's so much footage and you have to condense it into, you know, under an hour. It's, you're not going to see everything, you know, you're not going to hear every conversation. But what I really was interested in doing with Travel the Dead was just showing that other side. Right now, we're looking at going to um, a couple places that really speak to us as far as activity. Like th- they seem really interesting and different. So, you know, we kind of have the luxury of like doing that kind of stuff, stepping outside our boxes. So how do you keep things fresh when you don't necessarily have that freedom, like on a, on a bigger production? Yeah, I think that is, that's all in the team. And I've been really, really lucky. I've been really picky about projects that I work on. Um, I've been approached a lot and not every, not every team gets the genre and they don't understand. I, me personally, I think there's a balance that needs to be had where I understand production needs, you know, to do their work and they need a story and they, you know, they want to make it uh, beautiful for the people at home and where they feel like they're, they can follow along with the investigation. Um, and then the paranormal investigators, you know, we have our work that we want to do. And so you have to like find that happy medium between both uh, fields. And I, I think I've been approached a lot where some producers or production companies don't understand that balance. You know, like, so they want to change you instead of having their production revolve around what you do, Um, which to me, that's not very doc series, (laughs) you know, Um, and I prefer working doc series. Like I, if I'm going to do this on television, I, I want it to be as authentic as possible, you know? Um, So I think to that question, answer your question, I think it really comes down to the team and making sure that that, that team is really, really strong. And I've been, I feel really lucky where I've worked with some amazing talents who just get doc style, they get the paranormal, even if they're not believers in it, they respect what you do. So they want to make it the best they possibly can, you know, and I think that's been the key to, to keeping those shows really fresh. Something cool and sort of unique about Portals to Hell is the crew is shown and not all shows do that. Was that a deliberate decision? Yeah. So when Portals to Hell was uh, first conceived, it was always the thing of the crew was going to be shown because it became a thing of why are we hiding that? You know, like, obviously, it's a television show. So there's a crew. And I think when it comes to paranormal investigating, when, you know, you're trying to rule out as much as you can. Well, if they're there filming, you want to see, like, I know as a viewer, I would want to see, well, where's your camera guy? Or where's your audio woman? Or where's, you know, whatever it is. I want to know where everybody is. I want to know who's there with you. Did they experience something? Because that was something with Paranormal Lockdown, we got that a lot. Because, you know, we would show we would show Rob um, on the investigations with us. And, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, tell us about the cameraman. Has he ever uh, experienced anything? What does he think? Has, you know, is he freaked out when he's there? And so I think that's, it's just a natural curiosity when you're watching these shows. Well, what's going on with everybody else who's there? So with portals, it was like, why don't we just show? Like, why is that being, you know, covered up? Um, it's weird. And not that it was ever covered up as anything nefarious. It's just, that's how reality shows and docuseries shows worked, you know, um, until, you know, people started to break that mold and, 
break the fourth wall a bit. A majority of the listeners on the show are, if not filmmakers themselves, at least interested in the production side uh, of things. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about that balance you mentioned. Uh, what are some compromises some production people can make to better the experience for you guys, the investigators? I, In my experience, the best producers I've worked with understood that you have to be comfortable or they have to be comfortable not knowing what's going to happen. And I think that can be a hard thing for some producers because, you know, you come out of film school and, um, you know, story, you know, so much about story and you have to set the story up at the beginning. So it has a great payoff at the end. And when you do this type of show, if you're doing it authentically, meaning you're not setting things up and you're not faking things, um, you have to be comfortable not knowing the outcome. And one of the best producers I ever worked with, they, they just got that so well, where they would always say to us, guys, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. We'll have a great episode no matter what, because they really dived into the history and the story and the emotions that the witnesses felt. And that, that be, I, I personally think that stuff is more powerful than any evidence we're going to find. And I think it's silly really to hinge a paranormal show on evidence. Because I think you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot that way. And to me, as a viewer, what's fascinating and what I get drawn into are the stories, are the people. You know, that's, I mean, that's kind of how campfire uh, storytelling is. It's, you know, if I'm sitting at a campfire with friends and we're telling scary stories, they don't have evidence to show me. They're just telling me a story. Um, So I have found... That makes a really happy medium for everybody because then the paranormal investigators get to do what they do. And the um, the producers know that, hey, regardless of what direction this investigation goes in, I have something that's really compelling um, story-wise. And so I think that has always been a, a great marriage living in that space. And um, if you can pick your team, my God, hallelujah, you know, and if you don't have the luxury of doing that, I I think one of the most important things right now is to be authentic in it. And because, you know, there have been shows that have been faked and we all know this, like it's no secret. Um, Not every show is faked. And I think the shows that aren't faked have seen success as well. So I, I think it's really important if you're going to do this, if you're thinking more entertainment value, put a disclaimer that this is for entertainment purposes. And if you want to make it authentic, you totally can. And it can be just as great. Um, And I would say, you know, don't let anybody sway you of of that. Um, Because I think there's sometimes pressure on people to fake things. And I, I, in my opinion, it's not needed and it's not worth it. Now, before we wrap, uh, like I always ask at the end of these things, besides your YouTube channel, Travel the Dead, where can people find some of your other work? Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. TikTok is coming. Um, I've been very resistant, but it's coming. Um, and all my tags are at Katrina Weidman, and my last name is spelled We ID Man. So, easy way to remember it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that checks out. <laughs> I want to give another huge thank you to Katrina for taking the time to chat with me about filming Portals to Hell, Travel the Dead, and so much more. And I want to thank all of you for listening. As always, Filming the Supernatural is an Afterlife Road production. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate the podcast five stars and give it a follow so you can be notified when brand new interviews get released. 